Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. I want to talk about grumpy kids. Everyone has one, right? Sometimes the grumpiness rotates around the family, yourself included. It's hard to be around and sometimes the gray cloud just grows and grows. Let's all agree that it's just no fun, okay? I want to give you some ideas about what you can do about it. Let's start off with the why. Why are they grumpy? For younger kids, it's typically a matter that they lack the communication skills to let us know what exactly is bugging them. They can't even explain it. They just go around moping and have a dark cloud over their heads. They might be resentful that someone else got to go first in a game. Or maybe their sibling ate the last cookie they thought was theirs, or that their teacher accused them of something they didn't do. The list could go on and on. When they try to defend themselves or explain, they either can't find the words or the people around them don't listen. One family I was with recently had a little one in tears when mom was talking to someone else and didn't have time to listen to him when a sibling wasn't sharing like they were supposed to. He was in a tizzy for sure. When their world crashes in, then they get overwhelmed and shut down and bring the rest of us down with them. It can drive us over the edge, can't it? For older teens and tweens, it can be similar, but in my experience, these kids often have the words, but feel that no one is listening to them. Or maybe no one's willing to listen long enough to hear their side of the story. I'm talking mostly about family issues here, but kids can come home in a funk from school as well, where classmates or teachers have done something they feel isn't going the way it should, or at least that they expect it to. They can still grump around your home and shut you out because you don't understand anyway, right? Issues like screen time can certainly trigger grumpiness at any age. If we take away a device that we feel they are abusing, like late night texting, using apps that aren't allowed, playing games when they should be studying, we can certainly create a grumpy kid in about two seconds. No matter the age, the issue is the same. You've got a grumpy kid and they're driving you batty. What can you do? Here's a step-by-step list that you can go through to see if you can chase the grumpies out of your home. Step one, keep cool. In order to work on anything, you've got to have your emotions under control. If your kid has triggered you, take a time out by taking a walk or a glass of water or whatever. Just know that if you're upset and your brain is in fight or flight mode, you won't be capable of effectively helping your child. Step two, offer empathy and hugs. Reflective listening is super helpful in times like these. No fixing should be done in this step, just love and empathy. Wow, I can tell you're super unhappy right now. So sorry about that. Or something like, gosh, you're pretty upset. That's so sad. Then I recommend my favorite. Hey, do you need a hug? If they do want one, grab them and hold on. If they grumpily say no, just tell them that you love them and can't wait to chat later. Let them know by words or deeds that you'll be there for them later. If they need some time alone, allow them to have it. One of my parents came up with a colorful mood meter graphic to help her child point to how they might be feeling since they were having trouble saying how they felt. They could point to colorful squares for 
angry, lonely, sad, furious, nervous, or even happy or calm. I'll put a link in my show notes to it. Sometimes kids need to be able to point when they can't think of the words. Put one on your fridge and see if it helps. Step number three, fix the broken connection. In my experience as a mom and parenting coach, grumpiness can grow out of a broken connection. Your child doesn't think you know them. If you understood them, you'd know, right? In two of my YouTube lectures, Getting Kids to Listen and Communicating with Teens and Tweens, I talk about, quote unquote, turning off the spotlight to connect with kids. What this means is figuring out how to have some special time with your child one-on-one where you can re-bond. A grumpy kid feels isolated and alone, misunderstood. Take them out and do something. Don't ask about their grumpiness and the causes. Just be. Be present. I often tell kids to go for boba tea. Our kids seem to love boba. But if your kid's an ice cream kid, it can be ice cream. Or maybe go on a hike. Make a puzzle. Play a non-competitive game like my favorite, King's Corner. I love to tell parents about that game because it is a really uh, even-keeled, very easy game to play and learn and stuff like that. I'll put a link in my show notes. I also love one mom who figured out she could make friendship bracelets with her daughter. Just sitting and being, chatting about beads and string. No pressure to talk about anything else. When you do any of these things, it's amazing how kids, once they relax, will actually start talking about what's bothering them. The trick to turning off the spotlight is that you need to keep it off. No starting to hone in and grill them on what's wrong. If they start talking, fine. If they're still shut, you just keep being with them in a loving and supporting manner. Step four, go on a trigger quest and brainstorm. When things do calm down, set up some special one-on-one time with that kid with just the two of you, to talk about what just happened. Back up the scenario and try to figure out the why of it all, what I'll call the trigger. Here's the time where you can brainstorm with them what to do the next time someone or something triggers them. Let's say Brother Billy took the last cookie during a play date. John thought in his mind that it was his cookie. In John's mind, that cookie was illegally taken and eaten on top of it so that he could never, ever in his life have that cookie. And that was his trigger that made John mad and very grumpy. So the trigger was a stolen cookie. We need to brainstorm with how John can deal with this if it happens again. Can he use words? Can he alert an adult? Are there other cookies he can have? How can he use his words to effectively communicate his issue? How can he solve the problem? Is it solvable? What can he do next time he sees a a cookie sitting alone on a tray? This cookie scenario reminds us how a similar scenario happens with electronics in many homes. Let's say mom takes away a device that her daughter Jenny is playing on since Jenny hasn't finished her homework. Jenny is very upset at mom and acts like a huge grump, going around the house, bumping things off tables, knocking little brother's blocks down, maybe pulling someone's hair. In this case, mom, the parent, is the trigger for the crumpy mood. Again, going through steps one through three and getting to a calm spot is what we need to start doing. We want to work 
on brainstorming how mom and Jenny can work together so that next time the trigger might be avoided. Can a timer be set so that Jenny knows when to get off? Is there a time limit per day that Jenny needs to figure out how to adhere to by using timers or watches? When is the allowed time to play games? Should it be before homework is done? Or can she and mom compromise to have maybe 30 minutes of play and then homework time? Who and how would that 30 minutes be tracked by? And what happens if Jenny doesn't get off when the timers go off? Maybe they set a policy of no electronics the next day. Doing all this brainstorming in a one-on-one setting with one child can be time-consuming at first. But if you can see the long-term benefit now, the investment can pay off big time in the future. If you can brainstorm things with that grumpy child, it lets them feel heard and gives them the ability to have input as to how they choose to behave with better skills in the future. Grumpy kids need skills. These brainstorming sessions will help build them. What sorts of triggers did some parents see when they did this brainstorming? Well, here's just a list of things that could have come up. Their kid was tired. They got upset when they had to do some activity that they didn't want to do, like chores or homework. They got caught doing something they weren't supposed to, like our electronics example. They felt picked on. They felt left out. The parents were giving too much attention to a sibling. All of these triggers will be solved differently during your brainstorming session. One idea I love to offer is that we come up with signals to use with our child. We agree that a soft, cuddly bear or maybe a cute giraffe will mean, I love you, Jenny. I can tell that you're grumpy. Would you like a hug or some time alone to calm down? When I hand Jenny that bear or giraffe that we've talked about ahead of time what it means, she agrees ahead of time that it signals that mom loves her and knows she's hurting. If you want more about signals and some examples, my Being a Calm Parent YouTube video and the um, podcast 13 on anger management Talk about how to deal with more signals in your house for not only your kids, but also for you. Okay, well, I hope some of these steps can lead you and your kids to happier, healthy, and less grumpy places in the future. Try a few of the steps. Take it slow. Grumpy kids can be pretty prickly. Feel free to email me at mary at parentingdakota.com to get suggestions or ask for clarification about parenting issues. If you'd like a transcript of the podcast, it's on my website blog. That's all for now. If you have a few seconds to leave me a podcast review, that would be awesome. Have a blessed rest of your day.